believe he's running late, Mr. Ron Hubbard, um, CEO and founder of Atlas Survival Shelters, named after the Atlas Missile Silos, or excuse me, named after the um, the Atlas Bunker Company from the Cold War, which itself was named after the Atlas Missile Silos. Uh, he should be joining us any minute. Um, he's got his businesses a booming, and uh, and it's true, business is booming. Was that Inglorious Bastards? Business is booming, cousin. Whatever, whatever it is, he builds these survival shelters, and I think he started in 2011. And I first just down some YouTube rabbit hole. I might have been in college, just you know, whatever, two in the morning, just surfing. YouTube and the that's going to be such a future boomer term surfing the internet but he takes these things um I think he started with like uh I mean he has all different he has all different kinds some are like the some are like a bit larger than like tractor trailers um the boxes are a little wider than that um and he puts them about 20 feet underground and what these and this is what I like about these is you know, you look at something like NORAD, which everyone knows I love, Raven Rock Aircraft. But <clears throat> that's also not something that you and I have access to. We we can't afford a multi-billion dollar compound under a mile of granite with three lakes, each a million gallons each, and six generators, and armed guards, and double blast doors from the Mosler Safe Company, and, you know, and being connected to, be not even being connected, like being the, the network that surveils the world, like... It's, we can't have that. And then there are things like uh, people actually do buy Atlas missile silos. They go down about 190 feet. Some people buy them and they put in units for uh, people that want to own one as sort of a bug out place. And that's nifty as well. Um, but what I like about his is is they're, they're up my alley. Because as, as the wonderful Joe Rogan said years and years ago, you know, if an asteroid comes to earth you know where you want it to land you want it to land on your fucking forehead because you don't want to live in that world and i don't but what really kind of got me back into looking at these was was 2020 was sort of watching the surrealness of like the olympics right because you always oh no that's no that's not him um right the surrealness of uh the surrealness of the Olympics getting banned, which sounds kind of like such like a millennial first world problem thing. But normally all the fear is kind of contained to your television. You know, this is happening, that's happening. And it's like, yeah, that is bad. You know, it's like when your political divide is greater than it's ever been in the United States. And then you go outside and, you know, watching it, you're like, yeah, fucking liberals, fucking conservatards. Rah. Then you walk outside and you just like see the maintenance guy. You're like, Morning. And you go to the gym and. Hey, how you doing? And you're like, is it really? You go to Walmart and there's just there's just pallets of water. You can just get fresh deli meat. And you're like, are we are we really in Armageddon? And um, you know, it's uh, or it's like doing poorly on a test in college. You're like, yeah, I'm a freshman. I got the rest of my life ahead of me. And then you do poorly on another test, and you're like, yeah, it's just one class. You know, it's just a couple credit hours. It's so far. But then, like, sophomore year rolls around, and your dad drops you off at the frat house, and it's like, hey, on my 20th birthday, and it's like, hey, just so you know, you got, like, three years left before the real world. And all of a sudden, like, the bad grades start to, it starts to touch home a little more. Um, or as uh, Yuri Bezmenov says, like, they will not notice until the military boot lands on their fat bottoms. It's not until it comes home, right? 
climate change, climate change, climate change, and then it's like snowing in Austin, and you're like, oh, it's here now, right? Um, the the overreach of the totalitarian state. It's it's this Orwellian sort of you know LARPing wet dream, and then all of a sudden, like you get banned from social media, and you're like, oh, it's here. So, what 2020 really showed me was like. Oh, it's here. And I don't have any illusions about surviving Armageddon. I don't want to. Even if I had NORAD. I don't want... That's depressing. That's depressing. What I do want is, in my life at least, I want enough to just... It's like building a sandcastle. That's what I want. I want a sandcastle. NORAD is like a, a hermetically sealed, airtight, watertight, you know, metal box on the beach, and it can take anything. And okay, you know, sure, it's an impressive feat of engineering. What I want is like a sand, like a sandcastle that you build with your brothers, and then like as the tide comes in, you guys have like, you know, you, you have like a moat, maybe like two moats. You have like, you know, breaks, and you have sticks, and it's just enough to just kind of give you. A, uh, you know, if without it, you would have gone down at whatever, 3 p.m. sharp whenever the tide's coming in. And with the breaks, you maybe survive to like four. I'm not looking to survive 20 years underground. I'm not looking to survive five years underground. I do like the idea of having like a year of, of, of being unplugged completely off the grid and being okay. And again, with like 2020, just sort of, I mean, you can watch it back on this podcast. You can go to early episodes and you can see me kind of poking fun at like the COVID hysteria, which I, I still do. But like the hysteria around it is something that you can't control. And, you know, you, you can exercise, you can get sleep, you can keep your immune system up, but like you can't control people freaking out. And we saw, I mean, no, still no one's explained why everyone needed toilet paper. That just goes to show how pan- Oh, fuck off, you stupid alarm. Um, that just goes to show how panicky and irrational, right? Men in black. People are smart. No, humans are smart. People are stupid. Um, and, I mean, just little things, like going to the grocery store and there not being, like, any... Like, there was still, but like, canned food. It was like, you couldn't get that. Or you couldn't, right? Everything was just sort of running out. Um... I remember I, you know, as everyone on the podcast knows, I'm always drinking water. Shout out H2O. I remember I started just sort of, instead of recycling the bottles, I just started like, I would like, when I was finished with one, I would like clean it out, put some like soap and shake it around, fill it with water. And then I would just like put it in like, I had this little like bureau next to the the desk where I did the podcast. And I was just kind of like things that you normally throw out in the recycling. I was like, why don't I just hold on to that just to have an extra liter of water? And I did that throughout the podcast where I filled up this whole dresser. There's probably like a hundred liters in there. But like I kept like a like a tub of whey protein and had some like granola bars. And it's not a lot, but it's like it did sort of start to right the flames. You're watching the forest fire on the TV and then you're starting to feel the heat through the window and you're like, oh it's oh it's here. And to me that was very at the very least just eye opening, right? And then right, you see the Olympics get canceled, March Madness get canceled, which for a fucking society like ours is apocalyptic. Airports getting shut down, riots, right? Uh, truckers not going into these cities because they're being attacked. And now granted, 
I suffered virtually zero harm during the COVID pandemic. But what it did show me was that it does not all just exist on TV. It can happen, and it can happen relatively fast. And um, that kind of got, that really is what solidified. I remember I was thinking, I was like, man, if the podcast ever succeeds, this is before I started making money, honestly, if it ever succeeds. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, I love skyscrapers, maybe New York. And then I'd flip-flop, and I'd be like, well, I lived in Atlanta, so maybe I'd go back. And then just, like, maybe Hawaii. And I always, in the back of my mind, kind of knew I wanted to end up back in New Hampshire. Like, you know, you see pictures of, like, the Caribbean, and you're like, oh, it's white sand and aqua blue water. And you're like, oh, that's nice. And then you're like, what, what, what am I? What am I talking about? I love the woods. I love it when it's cloudy, and I love it when it's snowing. Like, what am I talking about? And I always kind of knew I wanted to go there, but I would just, I would toy with these other ideas. Maybe I'll buy a Lamborghini. Now I'm probably gonna get a minivan for the kids, but maybe I'll get a Bugatti. And what 2020 really did was sort of solidify. I was like, okay, hold on. It can very quickly go to shit. And again. I never have the illusions. And it's not even like I'm covering my bases and then one day if I do get access to like a Norad bunker, I'll be like, fuck you, I always wanted this. No, I really don't. It seems, I don't want to live down there. It, that seems depressing. But what you want is you want a lifeboat. Your cruise ship probably won't go down. But if it does, you want something that you can at least kind of row away from the masses while they're freezing to death and trying to overturn your boat, and you can wait it out for another cruise ship to come. Now, if every cruise ship is sunk, well, then you're fucked, probably. And I'm not trying to have some submarine that can last forever, like NORAD. It's, I'm very aware it's not a submarine, it's an analogy. Shut the fuck up. But I do want to at least be able to, like the sandcastle, I'm not trying to survive a tsunami, but I'd like to at least hold out the tide so let's, let's fix let's, let's tweak the analogy i made earlier where i said hold out for an hour the sandcast analogy would be no you can you can hold out for like one evening you can survive a high tide and it goes back down norad survives a tsunami or 10 years of high tides i want something that i can survive just the initial right your car probably can't take multiple crashes, but it does have airbags, it does have seatbelts. You can call 911, like, you you can take a hit. Like, you can get hit and keep going. It's not game over. It's not a Model T where you go through the glass and the glass is, although beautiful, and not shatterproof, and you're gutted like a fucking pig uh, on Ramadan. And, no, you want something that you can, again, like a plane, right? A, a plane's totaled when it crashes, but the the emergency slides come out, right? The oxygen masks, uh, you know, you have the fire department there at the airport. You can take a hit. And, hey, full disclosure, I'm not getting paid by Atlas Shelters to do this, although I think I fucking should. Um, what I like about this guy, Ron Hubbard, is that he has these things where I'm sure some people like to think that they'll probably survive forever down there. Maybe I won't get paid by them. Maybe their whole thing is that you can last forever. All right, well, whatever. Um, I like them because 
you know, I, I lived in the suburbs at my parents' house doing this podcast. But just watching, right, you mean BLM, Antifa. This isn't some fucking political standpoint. It's just the reality is, is there were roving bands of assholes destroying things. I understand it came from a place of social justice. Sure, there are a lot of people that were killed, a lot of police chiefs that were killed, whose family are now like, hey, they're still dead, right? I mean, businesses destroyed, boarded up. Listen, it's... um. It, it can fall apart relatively quickly. And I always hated that sort of prepper mindset in college. I just remember thinking, I was like, A, no, it's not. And two, if it is, and B, if it, A, A, two. A, one, and B, no. It's never going to fall apart. And if it does, you're fucked. Well, no, there are like, it's not, it's on a spectrum, much like me, is that you don't necessarily need NORAD and nuclear Armageddon but it's always not just going to be peachy. Like, there can be supply line breakdowns. There can be civil unrest. And much like continuity of government, or as Stephen Hatfield said two days ago about, uh, you know, pandemic preparation plans, there are plans. The plans are not for you and me. The plans are for the continuity of government, the very tippy top, as well as the 0.1% of wealth. It's just what it is. This isn't a political statement either. It's just what it fucking is. It's this. None of this is about politics or nationality. Or this is all about like human beings needed needing aerobic respiration, needing uh, food, needing proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and needing H two O and excrement, filtered air, and shelter. That, that's what this is. And. What I like about his is that there are these, there, I mean, there are all sorts of, like, I think the early ones where his bunkers were more like, like, like cuboidal, not cuboidal, but like very geometric, rectangular. If you can't tell which class I dropped out of three times in college was calculus or pre-calculus, excuse me. Um, it's the math. And then some of them are kind of like circular tubes, but what they are is they'll, they'll go like 20 feet under your, they're completely like self-contained. They dig like a 20-foot hole in your backyard. They put like a concrete foundation and they lower this thing in. They're airtight. They've got uh, two doors. So you have a door leading up to wherever you want it, like your kitchen or your garage or under uh, a patio, where the fuck, just wherever. Um, the doors of his bunkers, I believe, weigh 600 pounds. They are bulletproof. Uh, and you can tell, you can tell, um, Just like newscasters when they're like, it's a 19 magazine pistol automatic caliber. And you're like, you don't know what a gun is. You can tell, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I am just parroting things. But it's AR-500. Is that the, is there someone out there listening going, hey, you got it right. Um, and I, hey, that's, that's not, that's not an insulting accent. That's an endearing accent. I, I respect those people. Um, what do you mean, you people? Um. I haven't worked out yet today. If you can't tell, I'm a little foggy. But they have 600-pound bulletproof doors with hydraulics on the inside. So from the inside, you can, much like NORAD, shout out Mosler Safe Company, you can open it with a finger. Goes down a ladder, uh, down like a metal tube, and then it goes into, uh, there's a second door at the bottom. And I think that one's also bulletproof. You open that up and there's like a little tiny mud room and it's like a decontamination room. It has showers. Um, and then there's a third door and that door is airtight. Like, I think that one's also bulletproof. So you have three bulletproof doors. And 
uh, it's airtight NBC nuclear biological chemical and you open that up and so now you're in your main door ladder down second door decontamination room third door right so you do have to have these chambers and you go in and I, and I believe I know the biggest one that I looked at was 12 by 48 feet which is 576 square feet and that's not good that I'm good at math I looked it up and memorized it because I'm a fucking loser um, and then the next other one was 10 by 50, so 500 feet, and then they get smaller and smaller. Um, but they'll have like uh, two, three, four bunk beds, so room for eight. Um, and because they're circular, you know, you only have, think of like a cross section of a 747, like it's circular. You have like your two floors, but it doesn't just, not like a house where it ends geometrically at the bottom. You have, right, the curvature, so you, that's where you pack shit is that so under there is where you can store things like clothes or MREs or whatever. Um, uh, they all have like armories. They all have, uh, I think like pedal generators so you can run your own power if you need. They have like diesel generators and you're running like very, very conservatively. They have a uh, bathroom. Some have like their own septic tanks. Some are um, like compost toilets. I, I can't even pretend to understand how that works. They have like one or two emergency exits, so in case the original one gets collapsed on or whatever, or some fucking sadist covers it up. Um, but yeah, a lot of them have like you know a big flat screen TV, big bed, nice kitchen, um, CO2 monitors, CO monitors, um, air filtration, blah blah blah, the whole works. I mean, this guy's really nailed. You can tell this is what he loves, and you know. The more I break it down, it's that's probably half the reason why I want to. I don't think he's showing up, but that's half the reason why I interview him. Is as everyone knows in this podcast, it's I do have my interests, but what I'm really interested in is people who are passionate about something. There's there's something about forever breaking down like one piece of 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 work and just moving towards it. To me, there is right. It's it's Buddhism. It's <clears throat> It's before enlightenment, you chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, you chop wood and carry water. Man, my phone is dying rapidly. I'm going to grab my charger real quick. Well, there's no one to hold it down, so I guess I'm just going to keep the podcast going from a distance. Can you still hear me? We're still talking about Apple Sculpture. I'm coming back. I am not alone. I'm in a parking complex. There are probably people wondering why I'm screaming about corrugated metal boxes. Well, you know what? Survival, that's why. Got my charger. My charger. I don't think he's showing up. Whatever. We'll do a solo rant. Fuck it. Adapt. Overcome. Roll with it. Much like the bunker system, you gotta be able to adapt to adverse things. Which is what this podcast is. Or fucking whatever. I don't know. I'm just talking gibberish. Um, uh... Fuck, where were we? Bunkers, something, something, food, water. I don't know. Um, they have armories. And, again, I mean, you could, kind of like the Mars rover, right? I mean, they're designed for, like, a month of operation, and they always end up going for years, and it's just kind of, like, bonus that you see how far it can go. I'm sure you could stretch these bunkers. Passion, that's what we were talking about, Passion. Right, this podcast uh, started on a laptop, and then the first move I made was I 
stopped having like the big room with all my parents like you know storage behind me and i turned it around so i just had like a white wall behind me all right so we made it made a move like all right now we just got like a backdrop second thing was like i put up the flag you know i was like all right we gotta you know fuck yeah america Uh, i got this leather chair right episode 50 with dale comstock's when i broke out the chair right got real special um I uh, had a Shure V1, 5V1 microphone, which my buddy Trey Carney has now. Shout out, major third hip hop. Um, and then the next big move was like, uh, was like Christmas 2020. I got, um, got a webcam, I got an Apple webcam. That was much better. Uh, you could tell uh, my little brother got me an overhead light and that kind of, I think happened like right around the same time. After that, I got some like black sheets and hung them behind me, so it looked like a little more of a backdrop. Then I started to move kind of all the shit in my my parents' like big storage room, like the Bowflex, some bureaus, some like tripods, and I kind of made this like mountain of junk around me. And then I ordered these industrial moving blankets, these ones, and draped them over there and got a little less sound reflection, but there's still a lot overhead. Uh, next big step was uh, this microphone, right? I had this microphone and. It's like clamped to a table. The original table it was clamped to actually, oh, that was unhinged, fuck. Hey, it's unhinged, just like me. Um, yay. The next big thing, uh, that, so this was actually connected to, the original table it was connected to was the table full of the liters of water because it had to have like a, a, a weight to counteract it, right? Fulcrums and all that shit, right? Fulcrum, fulcrum. There was one fucking question on the MCAT I hated. It was if you stood on a desk and stood on one edge of it and then pulled on the other edge, could you do it? And somehow they fucking said you could flip it. Fuck fulcrums. Um, all right, and the next step was then moving out of my parents and moving... No, no, no. Uh, I got the microphone, I got the overhead light, I got the good, good webcam, put the black sheets behind me. Little brother got me a light, and then I bought a second light. So I had two lights. Um... And then we, I moved to this apartment, and uh, I think I got two more lights. So now I had four, and then I, I did, I built up the whole kind of wall of moving blankets again, and then I put up all these uh, sound tiles, um, and it's, I guess you can kind of see it. I'll move the camera. Well, the camera is the, is the MacBook, so I kind of have to. But you can see it goes all the way up. This is a very expensive computer to be holding like this, but see it goes all the way up to the ceiling. That was not smart. Let's not do that again. Um, so it's this wall it goes up to the ceiling. Um, I mean, really, this is maybe like five, maybe from here to, I can't touch it, maybe about four feet goes up to the ceiling. And then what I did is I took a moving blanket and I nailed it to the ceiling with like 30 or 40 nails to distribute the weight and then on the moving blanket that's hanging I took safety pins and I pinned in a bunch of these kind of haphazardly so whereas this is this one this wall is all like neat that wall is a little janky and that hangs down and it hangs down to about a five foot level and then I have the original sort of like wall what I did was uh, I have all these tripods and I just kind of stacked them all together and then draped them with the moving blankets um i bought a second pack of those industrial moving blankets really made a thick wall um this wall over here is also all uh sound tiles 
And then this is the opening to the rest of the room. So I kind of cordoned off this, right? So this wall, this wall, it's to the left of me, behind me, above me. And then I have the moving blanket hanging in front of me. And then I have the sort of like semicircle of, uh, of, of fucking, whatever they're called, moving blankets, Jesus, whatever they're called, the moving blankets. Over here, I have another moving blanket hanging from the ceiling with the pins and the, the sound tiles. And then behind that, I have just like a, a big industrial, like eight foot tall plastic shelving from like Costco or something. And then what I did is I just literally just stacked the shelves with these moving tiles. I just, so it's like a, I sort of have this weird kind of buffer. But what it effectively does is produce this wall of, of sound absorption, right? The next big thing was the good camera, which I don't have on right now because it's been acting up. So I guess it's not the good camera. The expensive camera, give it that much. The expensive camera, um, right? It's a 4K camera. Actually, let's see if I can flip it on mid, mid uh, video. Yeah, see that one. Well, now it's not acting up. Well, whatever, I'm already on the other one, so I'll do this one. Um, and then you can't see it, but the iMac bumped up from the laptop to the iMac, the 4K iMac. Um, so what's the purpose of everything I'm saying right now? Well, the purpose is is that what I what I love is I love passionate, passionate, ongoing improvements. Constantly needling away. How can I make it better? Um, over here, you can't really see it, but maybe I need to illuminate it. But there is an eight hard drive system of 100 terabytes of memory. Um, well, actually, what a great episode to go talk about bunkers because actually this is fitting perfectly. Um, what I started doing last year was right when I started working at the liquor store, um, I had one hard drive. Well, early on, I just had the podcast on YouTube and I was like, yeah, if I ever break my laptop, they're all up there. I can just download them again. Hey, censorship. Um, I took an old hard drive I had to hold a whole, an old external and put them on there. And then one day I found another one I had, like a two terabyte. So I put them on there too. And I was like, well, I guess two copies is good. Joe Ted, I said two is one and one is none. And then I got a, and I, then I got a big old 10 terabyte boy, right? But it was a desktop hard drive with actual like moving pieces. And I remember one day I dropped it. And I caught it in like the hook of like my foot and my shin. So it didn't hit the ground and, you know, hard impact that specific impulse of energy. It hit like my foot and shin and I kind of like lowered it down, slowly stopped the fall, right? Like, like when someone falls off a building and the Incredible Hulk puts his hand out, he doesn't just catch him, you know, he puts his hand out and then lowers it to slowly dissipate the fall. Um, I remember I did that and I, then I just had, the, and I think at that moment I was using the other hard drives for something. I had cleared them and put everything on the 10 terabyte. And in that moment, at this time I had a 256 uh, gigabyte laptop, which I never kept any episodes on. So I, in that moment I had all the episodes on the hard drive and I caught it and you can actually go back and there's an episode like August of 2020 of me talking to my buddy Trey Carney, again, shout out major third hip hop of the hard drive getting caught and, and I'm telling him the story and he goes, I feel like this is traumatizing you. And Trey, you saw the future, buddy. 
because I was like, I had this moment where I was like, I almost just lost every podcast. And at the time I was, I mean, maybe pushing 200 episodes, but still, I mean, that was probably 300 hours of work. I was coming up on like 10 months of podcasting and I was just like, man, I almost just lost it all. So the first thing I did was I took out the two other hard drives, the the shockproof like rubber ones, and I uploaded everything there. And immediately had like, and I, I remember I put them in a plastic bag, a second plastic bag, and then put them in like a, a waterproof like Tupperware thing. And I put that in the desk and I was like, okay, now I have like a couple layers, a couple layers of water and they're in a, in a, like under our desk. So there's no, nothing's going to hit it. And I was like, there was so much work there. And again, you can kind of see the parallel to the Atlas shelters is I was, I never once had the idea that my podcast is going to survive nuclear war, but I was like, I do want it to survive a hit because it's a lot of work I've put into this thing. And so this desktop thing of all the, that, that came later. So the first thing I did was I started, I bought up like five or six other hard drives and just made copies. And I like put one in my bedroom, just separation, put them somewhere else. I gave a copy to my, uh, my buddy in Baltimore, just keep them separate. And I was like, all right. Um, the next thing I did is I bought some fireproof bags because I was like, they're waterproof, they're shockproof. And I was like, what if the house burns down? Those things happen. And again, you're thinking, Tommy, you're crazy. Well, we all have fire extinguishers. We all have sprinklers. We have access to a, we have fire, uh, we have, right, we have smoke detectors. So it's, no, it's probably not going to happen. But if it does, goddamn, you're going to, you, you hope, you're probably never going to use your airbag. But if you need it, you hope it works. You know, I'm not saying spend $10 million on the best airbag, but don't scamp. You, not that you have a choice, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's a rarity that you, life insurance, right? You're probably fine, but you know, car insurance, health insurance, you're probably fine, but, so, I was like, well, you know, these things do happen, there's a reason we have fire departments, is because there are fires, so I put them in, like, these two thick fireproof bags, like, bank bags, and I was like, all right, and then, now, back from the survival aspect to the passionately improving aspect, I was like, what about, what about moisture? So I started putting those little silicon desiccant bags in them. You know, they suck the moisture out of the air. And then I bought some uh, some Faraday bags. They're uh, like copper mesh wiring that block EMPs or CMEs, coronal mass ejections and electromagnetic pulses. And I was like, all right. And then, and then I bought, uh, finally, and I was working at the liquor store, so like every week I was maybe making, like, I was making shit. I was making like, a, and it's not nothing to do with the liquor store, it's just me not working a lot. It's making like 180 bucks a week. And I'd save it up, and like every two weeks I'd make the next improvement. And finally I was building up and up and up, and I finally bought like a $400 safe that can survive like a 10-foot fall on a concrete, it can survive like 24 hours under one foot of water, and it can survive 1,700-degree fire for one hour. And, um, fuck, wrong button. And so it eventually developed to where I have, and I kept making tweaks and tweaks and tweaks. And finally to where I have, I have six hard drives. Each hard drive is five terabytes. Each hard drive is wrapped in a steel casing. The company is uh, called A-Data, A-D-A and then Data. A data, but it's one word, like Adida. 
A-D-A-T-A. I have six of these. Each one is five terabytes. Each one is wrapped in a steel casing which can survive 6,000 pounds of downward pressure, three tons. They can each survive 120 minutes under three meters of water. They each, so they have steel on them so that you just brunt force. You can't dri drive over it. It's fine. It has rubber, it has rubber casing so you can drop it. And again, that specific impulse, uh, Google it specific. It's how hard something gets hit versus breaking the fall, right? That's why if you fall and hit your head on like a frozen lake and the lake breaks, although it looks bad, that's much better because the, it was dissipated, right? So the shockproof, they're, I guess, force-proof, right? Three tons of pressure of downward force. Um, waterproof, 120 minutes under nine feet of water. It's pretty good. Dustproof, right? They have the, the, like the rubber gasket. All right. I have six of those. Two is one and one is none. Well, six is five, and fuck yeah. Five is staying alive. So I have each of those. Each of those is inside of an EMP bag. Little EMP bag with some silicon-like moisture absorbers. Each one of those, they're all independent. Each one of those is inside a small fireproof bag with silicon absorbers. So that's the second layer. Each one of now all each one of those is inside a bigger EMP bag, a third layer with silicon desiccants. Each of those is in a fourth fireproof bag with desiccants. Inside of a fifth fireproof or a fifth layer, another fireproof. Layer one is EMP. Layer two is fire. Layer three is EMP. Layer four is fire. Layer five is fire. Every layer has the silicon desiccants. So just assume they all have that. Right. Layer one is EMP. Layer two is fire. Layer three is EMP. Layer four is fire. Layer five is fire. Layer six is an EMP waterproof. Um, layer seven is just waterproof. No, excuse me. Layer six is EMP waterproof. Layer seven is also EMP waterproof. Layer eight is just waterproof. Layer 9 is EMP waterproof. Layer 10 is just waterproof. And then it's all inside of the safe. Well, I'm now at 589 episodes. I've been doing this podcast since December 12, 2019. Today is Friday, October 15th, 2021. It is now my income source. It pays for my apartment. It pays for all this nifty shit. It pays for my ability to sit here on a Friday morning off not enough sleep and talk about nuclear bunkers. So it's important to me. All right? Probably won't need the airbag, but if I need it, I have it. I have that. And I, and I, and I go in. It takes about 30 minutes to unpack it all. And it takes about an hour to put it all back in. So I do it on the first of every month. I update all of them. I have a much smaller version of that. It's still six hard drives, but they're not like metal and everything. And they're just inside one waterproof, one fireproof. And I update those every Sunday. So the big one, I call it the DUCC, the D-U-C-C, the Deep Underground Command Center. Shout out to Cold War, my Cold War heads. You know what's up. The rest of you peasants don't talk to me. The smaller one is, I call that NORAD. Because the duck was actually supposed to be bigger and better than NORAD. NORAD is still six hard drives. They're all waterproof, shockproof, dustproof. They don't have the metal casings. 
They're inside a waterproof bag with desiccants inside of a fireproof bag. No EMP. I update those every Sunday. It takes about a minute to undo it. it takes about two minutes to put it all away. I do that every Sunday. The duck takes about 30 minutes to take out. It takes about 24 hours to update it all. Because you got to think, I mean, every day I'm doing two episodes, they're 4K episodes, and if I'm only updating it every month, that's 60 4K episodes to update. So it takes about 24 hours to update them all. And then it takes about an hour to put it away. I always make sure I do it right when I wake up on the day that I put it away because I immediately go from that and go to the gym because I'm already sweating because it's a fucking bitch. NORAD takes about a minute to take out takes about, mm, I don't know, maybe two hours to update them all. You just plug it in, go do whatever. Um, and then it takes about two minutes to put away, right? So the duck is every 30 days, 30 minutes to take out, 24 hours to update, an hour to put away. NORAD is every Sunday, minutes to take out, two hours to update, two minutes uh, to put away. Um, and then there's a third tier, and I call that the Pentagon. And the Pentagon is above ground. That's this big hard drive system. That's every day. It's plugged into my computer. It's as soon as a podcast is finished editing, got everything I want, I just drag and drop. And there's eight hard drives. So whereas the Duck and the Norad are each six, uh, Pentagon is eight. And it's just, but it's also the first to go. I mean, the desktop hard drives, they're not like rubberized ones. So if I knock this table over, those are all done. If I spill this water bottle, they're all done. Easiest to access, easiest to up. I don't even know how long it takes to offload because I don't pay attention. It's just I just go do other shit. It can be offloading during an episode. It doesn't matter. But those are my tertiary layers of, of protection. Pentagon's every day. NORAD is every Sunday. The duck is the first of every month. Um... But you can see there is an importance to... Now, again, are these going to survive a nuclear blast? No. Uh, also, I do have hard drives like spread across the country with other people in their gun safes. So I have hard drives in gun safes. None of those are fireproof or, or EMP-proof, but they are just diffusion of, of data. So, you know, it is protective. Now, now, why the fuck does any of that matter? Well, it matters for two reasons. It matters for two reasons. One is the importance of it being able to take a hit. You know, if something happens and the apartment burns down or I much more likely get drunk and spill a beer on it or a eh, beer or much less likely there's an EMP or a CME or just fucking some blackout, right? Probably a lot more likely than we'd like to pretend. And the hard drives don't shut down properly and they all end up getting scratched. Rip it, rip it, rip it, rip it. You know, like a record scratch, literally though. I guess it would be a platter scratch. Not important. It is important, but not for this discussion. It can take a hit. And the last year and a half, almost two years of doing these episodes, which are all, they're not replaceable. It's not, it's, this, this, the, why don't I put away the, the microphone? How come I don't put the $2,000 camera or the $3,000 Mac in a safe? They're all replaceable. And they're insured. And the insurance only matters because they're replaceable. They have a serial number. I can get the same fucking thing off. I, it'll be here tomorrow. Not tomorrow. There's a, there's a chip shortage. But 
point in case, sometimes things don't go to plan. Exhibit A, Theo Vaughn. The things that cannot be replaced are the episodes I have. And sure, I could probably maybe chase down most of the guests again. But what? I mean, we can't have a candid conversation about this new, what is it called? The Kenora virus from, from China? I don't know what it is. You can't, you can't fake those things again because we're in the future now. We now know what happened. Um, there are some very candid conversations that were very emotional that, you know, again, you're not going to double up on. Um, one of the guests, Alice Butler Short, has passed away. Rest in peace. She's an angel. I love you, Alice. I know you're looking after me. These things happen, right? It's where you can't, go, we can't, you can't, read, you can't double down and, and do those again. So to me, that's the importance of them. Now, so Atlas should fucking pay me. This is a great advertisement. Anyone with half a brain is watching this like, what are you talking about? Atlas should sue you. But that's kind of how I view something like an Atlas bunker is like, your house is insured. All right, you can, you can get another car. Like, what if it's not insured? Well, you can get another job and you can grind it. And it's a bitch, but you could save over a decade and get new shit. You can't replace you. You can't replace your kids. You can't replace your wife. You can't... You, some people might. <laughs> Boomer joke. But, again, is any, of this, is any of my stuff going to survive a nuclear bomb? No. Now, if it's a suborbital nuclear bomb, there is an asterisk because it will survive the coronal... Or it will survive the electromagnetic pulse. That's... Let's give credit where credit's due. But... All the original things in here, all the original content can't be. And, you know, now it does have weight. It's not just sentimental value. It's literally my income. It pays for my electricity, my air conditioning, my water, my food, right? My video games. Far Cry 6, by the way. Jury is still out. It's not as good as Far Cry 5 as a Far Cry game. Far Cry 5 is objectively better, even just ballistics. Objectively better. And storyline. As a video game, though, Far Cry 6 is what Just Cause 4 should have been. Yeah. Far Cry 6 is the sequel to Just Cause 3. Not the sequel to Far Cry 5. And then Just Cause 4 is just an abomination. It's just putting lipstick on a pig. It's all 4K HDR, but it fucking sucks. Um, the podcast... My foot just squirted. My foot just squeaked. My foot just squeaked. My slipper squeaked. My foot did not squeak. But, again, my ability to just play video games when I want is based on the fact that the podcast makes me money. So, Atlas Bunkers. It's, his whole thing is, it's, all you need is a yard. Um, they are pricey. Fucking no one else is doing it. Capitalism, baby. But, again... And who knows, maybe maybe they won't like me for this. I don't think you're surviving nuclear war. I mean, you'll survive the initial blast, sure, the overpressure. I mean, if you're 21 feet underground, I mean, you will. I don't know how much more you'll survive. But what they are, in my mind, are they're my safe system. If I didn't have a podcast and that was just, like, my safe system for, like, my Apple backup, I can see where it'd be like, wait, what? I think you have the OCD. But for something like where this is my well-being, this is my livelihood, yeah, I'm covering it all. That's what the bunkers are. 
is you have it. The whole idea, I mean, I get the whole bug out bag, right? It's probably always good to just be able to have a, I mean, Howard Bloom did it when, but it wasn't for Armageddon. It was for clients. If you would get a call at, you know, midnight in New York from a client in LA that's like, hey, I've got Michael Jackson. He wants to talk right now. Howard had his own little bug out bag. It was a red bag. He said it was like a fire engine red bag. It had all of his medications, had back when phones were ginormous, it had like a phone in there with like prepaid minutes or whatever. It had like a copy, it had everything, he had like his own debit card, his own credit card. He had everything he needed so that he could truly drop what he was doing, grab that bag and seamlessly transition with life and go meet with Michael Jackson, which is why Howard Bloom's such a fucking badass. Shout out HB. But I get the bug out bag. Um, I've never, and I take this from Eisenhower, his whole thing was like, it's not going to be bombers that we see seven hours on the horizon. It's not even going to be ICBMs that we see 30 minutes on the horizon. It's not even going, and as it got to JFK, we realized it wasn't even going to be SLBMs, submarine launch ballistic missiles, in which they said there's about four minutes off the coast of D.C. till impact. What JFK said while having dinner with a journalist was that the Soviets had uh, smuggled in the pieces for an atomic device into the attic of the Soviet embassy using diplomatic pouches, and that there would be no heads up. It would be an instantaneous strike. It would just, there would be a blast. So, what they realized was, and man, I might listen to Raven Rock again. That's such a good fucking book. It really is such, no, but I need to listen to new books. I've done this before. Where I got any personal note. <clears throat> what they realized was, is that it you couldn't just have, they would always try to evacuate the president. They would always try to get Eisenhower, JFK to the bunker. But even right now, what they said is that you, it's not just that you try to evacuate. You also have these like rotating teams of, they called them like administration B. Admin, there was a, not, not the vice president. I mean, truly the shadow government, truly the deep state, but not in some conspiratorial sense, but in terms of like a second string, third string quarterback. They had like a President B with a Vice President B with a Treasury Secretary B with a Secretary of the Marines B. They had like these carbon copy backups of the administration who would be in the bunker, like no wait time. Not, we got to get you there now. You're there, like sealed up. And not only that, two is one, one is none. So they'd have like three separate administrations like buried in the mountains. And when you rotated them out, you'd ro you'd offset them, right? Like Senate elections, like in case a bomb went off, you don't want to have all the blast doors open to all of them. So they're moving things around. So the idea of like, yeah, I've got a plan if there's ever like, what do you mean? Like the highways are going to be, what are you going to do? Take a flight? Like if it's truly bad enough to where you got to get out, everyone's going to be getting out and everyone's going to be hysterical. And it's going to it's gonna be the Wild West. Not even the Wild West, because there's some semblance of, like, structure. It's going to be Mad Max. So the idea of, like, I've got a bug-out place, like, I, I, I think you want your bug-out place to be under your living room. Like, I think you want to be watching the TV and going, you know, it's like watching a police chase, and then you start to see the lights in your in, coming through your windows, and you're like, oh, it's here. 
I think you want to be watching the TV and seeing riots and going, I'm going to the basement, but like the basement basement. Um, man, I'll never forget like riding up from Maryland to New York to see my therapist once a week when I first moved home in 2016, riding with my mom. And uh, uh, there was always this, she, she listened to like conservative like radio, which I don't give a shit, you do you. Um, but I always remember this one ad and there was like, I mean, sure, ads talking about stuff I'm talking about, you know, buy gold, there's going to be inflation or, you know, do you have a, an emergency plan? But I always remember this one ad was, it was almost comical. It was this voice and it sounded like this and it sounded like a, one of those like, those like car advertisements on the radio in the early 2000s, like, come in now, 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 like air horn. And he goes, make sure you have enough food so you're not fighting for your family in a food riot. <laughs> fighting for your family in a food riot. <laughs> I just always love that. Not wrong. I just always, it sounded like something at a Grand Theft Auto, like a radio channel. Fighting for your family in a food riot. When Janet has a shopping wheel stuck in her eye, like a shopping cart wheel jabbed through her throat, what are you going to do? Who has the brisket? So... But yeah, that's my idea of Atlas Shelter has, I would imagine if Ron watches this, Mr. Hubbard, I don't know what my first name is. So I imagine if he watches this, he's going to teeter back and forth between this is great to who the fuck is this kid. Um, so, but yeah, that's the idea of the Atlas Shelters is like you can just, it's underneath you. You can just go down there. Bulletproof. I mean, what are you going to do when society breaks down? Is someone really going to get a shovel and dig 21 feet down? That's something that someone could be able to do when everything's fine. But, I mean, if shit's really hitting the fan to the point where you are in a bunker, well, then one of the things that there's a shortage of is food. And what are you going to do? Are you really going to expend that many calories digging? And then what? You get to metal? And then, let's say you find an oxyacetylene torch and you cut through it. Are you not expecting a fucking a five five six to the forehead? Like, so in my mind, the purpose of these things are like like a month or two of just like I'm not sure what the future holds, so let's get down there, kind of thing. Not even like 2020, where you're watching the news, you're like, it's getting hairy out there. But ultimately, you just wear a mask and go to the store. I get that. I think it's like the rioters are like in my neighborhood. And the cops don't want to hurt anyone else because that's what caused all of this. Sure, you could go rooftop Korean. Or you could just like, hey, like let's pull the bookcase aside and go down to the tunnel. And then you just go down there. I imagine you stockpile some Xanax, stay relaxed, got an Xbox. There's going to be no service if shit goes down. So, I don't know, have a hard drive with like a thousand movies on it. Just download like the entire Netflix library. Just now, if it's really gone to hell and there's a thermonuclear pulse and everything, you're done too, right? So maybe just take the bottle of Xanax and pop yourself. I don't know. But um, to me, that's the peace of mind of it is it's just enough to I think the ideal is you want something that like you and your immediate loved ones can survive for like one year right you want to 
you want to see the news go two weeks to flatten the curve and the federal government's shutting down society and you're going, oh, it's here. You walk down into your bunker and you want to be able to be down there from March until watching the TV as, as rioters overtake the U.S. Capitol building. And then you watch Biden get elected and there's the National Guard there and everything starts to go back to normal. You want to be able to come out nine months later and go like, huh, we were actually fine. But what if that escalated further, right? So, yeah, it's, so it's no longer a, you're going to have to fight for your family in a food riot. It's like, we all just lived through 2020. I consider January 6th, 2021, I consider that like New Year's Eve 2020. Like mentally, I just, to me, that was the ending of 2020. That was the cum shot. That was, as the great Tim Dillon said, when you shut down Applebee's and Chuck E. Cheese's, three months later, you get a guy with horns and face paint standing at the Speaker of the House podium. Like, it it goes quick. <laughs> it goes quick. So... Um, I hope Mr. Hubbard's okay. We were supposed to do this thing. I understand he's a busy man. I'm going to do the phone call to the nurses. We just went into the phone call in five minutes for a two. When will you be free? Mr. Hubbard. MIA because he's wheeling and dealing. He's doing deals with people who are buying bunkers. He said his business is booming more than ever. Hey, man. Get it, son. So, well, I will wrap up this solo rant. And if Mr. Hubbard is able to do the podcast... I imagine we'll be right back. I was kind of figuring that he was just going to cancel. So I did a whole solo rant. But now he's not canceling. So now I got to nut up and do another one. Well, you reap what you sow. I'm a jackass. Potential spam from Herman Cain, Florida. Not Herman Cain, Florida. Haines City, Florida. Well, I got the I got the initials, right? You stay out of this, Herman Cain. Herman Cain. And, all right, so we'll wrap this one up for now. Um, and potentially we will be back in a couple minutes. So, all right. Recording stopped.